Welcome back to Fears, Phobias, and Feelings, Classical Conditioning in the Hollytown podcast series of Hollytown Hall Pass. Right now we're going to be taking a look at Pavlonian conditioning, the training of our reflexes. I'm going to assume that you've done your homework and that you have looked up the vocabulary terms you need to follow along in this podcast, etc., it's really important to understand vocabulary because how many times have you said to yourself, I know what I'm thinking, but I can't get it out into words. I can't say it. Vocabulary really is the stuff of theory. It gives form to the theory and it gives words to explain phenomenon in the real world. So if you haven't done this, you're going to need to go back and make sure that you understand Pavlonian conditioning and that you've looked up all of the research that Pavlov did, etc., in order to follow along more closely in the podcast, okay? Pavlov was the first to discover the elements of classical conditioning. What he uncovered in his work with dogs was essentially that we can train our reflexes. So you have a stimulus-response connection that are linked together. You have the unconditioned type of stimulus-response connection. So you have the unconditioned stimulus, unconditioned response. Then you have the conditioned type. So you have the conditioned stimulus, conditioned response. How this all works together essentially is this. You have the first part, which is the nature element, your unconditioned stimulus, unconditioned response. This is important to note that it's a nature element because essentially what you're doing with the conditioning process is training your body to react in a certain manner to something that it didn't naturally respond to in the same way before that training occurred. When I take a look at the work of Pavlov, I think, my goodness, what an amazing genius guy. Yes, he stumbled upon the elements of classical conditioning initially because he was a physiologist, right? And that's important to note because he was studying actual nature elements, the physiology of dogs around their digestive system when he stumbled upon this amazing uh, thing that we now understand to be classical conditioning. But when I look at the stuff of classical conditioning, I think to myself, my God, there is the nature and nurture link, like I said in the previous podcast. This is how we start to train our systems in our environment to respond in very personally specific ways. When I say we train our systems, what I really mean is not that we're doing it intentionally, but that our systems are being trained in this way no matter whether or not we're aware of it. And most of the time, we're not going to be aware of it. The best part about studying these theories is that we can become aware of it. We can become aware of the ways in which our system has already been trained, and we can also choose environments to enhance our training potentials for the future. And that's huge. If you've purchased my workbook, you'll have some activities to do with classical conditioning, and I've separated those out into the Pavlonian type and the classical conditioning for 
ease of understanding. You'll be able to see when you open up the workbook what I'm talking about. I want you to take some time and I want you to take a look at the Pavlonian conditioning applications. And I want you to try and find the most simple possible connections that you can in the environment. You don't have to use yourself. You can look at other people and see how they're being conditioned. You can also set up the environment to practice some conditioning, but be kind. Do not be evil. <laughs> use these theories only for good, right? When you apply the theory, I want you to only look for the most direct answers in terms of the nature portion of this. So I want you to look, for instance, if you say, I'm gonna work with the concept of reflex called tearing. That's not the same as crying. Crying is not the stuff of classical conditioning. Tearing would be. So let's give an example. If you're cutting an onion and the onion vapor is rising into your eyes, it touches your eyes and then you tear. That would be an example of an unconditioned stimulus, the onion vapor, and an unconditioned response, tearing. Keep in mind to make it very, very simple when you're working with this material, especially to begin with, you're looking for the most basic building blocks. So I want you to keep it as simple as possible and I want you to think of the most natural things you can. In order to do this, you have to look for a stimulus, which is anything in the environment that can cause a response in the body. You're gonna look for a stimulus that's going to naturally cause a response by touching one of your sensory receptors. In Pavlov's experiments with the dogs, he was using food and the response was salivation. Salivation happens naturally as soon as food touches the receptors. This does not have to be trained. When you're looking for potential condition stimulus, these are going to be things in the environment that are neutral stimulus initially. What that means is they're not going to cause the response in your body set naturally. So if I'm ringing a bell in the environment every single time that you eat eventually you're going to learn to salivate to the sound of the bell. Now, normally you wouldn't salivate to the sound of a bell, right? That's not natural. So the bell becomes the conditioned stimulus because you're now salivating to it through a learned response. Notice that the responses are going to be the same, salivation in both the unconditioned as well as the conditioned responses. We only call salivation unconditioned response in the first example because it happens naturally to food. We call it a conditioned response in the second example because it's happening to the bell and that's not natural, it's conditioned. So this is really exciting stuff. Essentially what you're doing in looking at classical conditioning is learning how our system is set up to really learn how to become reflexive to things in our environment in a learned manner. The big question then becomes, are we consciously aware of what's happening? 
The big answer is no. There are so many things that are paired in our environment just by accident that this really creates individualized experiences for each of us. This is also what makes it so difficult to kind of figure out how we became who we are. Because even when we look backwards into our own history, we can't always figure out how things became paired. But sometimes we can, and that's where it gets really interesting. When we look backwards and we start to really try on purpose to see how something got to be how it is now. This is a great theory to use when you're looking for reflexive responses that you've developed in your own history. Okay, so that's it for Pavlonian conditioning. I want you to try and use this theory to take a look in your environment, set some experiments up, see if you can condition yourself for certain things, try and investigate how you have been conditioned even just by accident in the past. Remember that you're looking for pure reflexes here. You're looking for the ways in which your reflexes alone have been trained. Then we're going to take a look in our next podcast at classical conditioning using the work of John B. Watson. Have some fun with this and I'll meet you in the next podcast.